I am Erica. I am Kevin. I am Giovanna. I am adventurous. I am dreamer. I am creative. I am wine. I am dance. I am entrepreneur. I am musician. I am privileged. I am activist. I I am am podcast. Learning. Growing. Inspiring. Yeah. So what are you up to now? What's, uh, I mean, aside from, you said you were doing a lot of teaching. I think that was before we started recording, but... Yeah. Tell us what you're up to these days with COVID. Have you seen a, a big change in sort of the way that you're working? I mean, a lot of your work was live and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in studio. So how how have you been affected during this whole time? Well, I've been fortunate to do a, a few sessions of really big studios like Capitol, where, you know, the, the studio is like, you know, the basketball court. <laughs> so it's easy to social distance. Right. I've done things like that. Did a concert with Marcus Miller where we were like everyone was six feet apart. Patrice was on it. Eric Marienthal, George Benson, Gregory Porter, a few folks, wow. you know, but we were all six feet apart. So that was cool. But for the most part, I'm recording here. And I finished putting my studio together about two weeks before COVID locked everything down. <gasps> wow. And, Oh, yeah. And it was kind of deep because all the live work, everything that that I had scheduled, you know, with with the guys, Jazz Funk Soul, with Jeff and Everett, got canceled in a week. Wow. You know, yeah. we had like probably a year and a half worth of commitments that got canceled in a week. Oh, my gosh. So that was a drag. But, you know, the Lord has been kind to us. We've been, you know, doing other things like I'm um, like able to do recording here. We just finished doing the uh, the inauguration. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ricky. Ricky was a musical director for the inauguration, so all the rec- all the guitars are recorded here. Yeah, I played on that with you. Woo, woo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we recorded some of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See? Yeah. <laughs> Y'all doing big You're things. right. It has been a big blessing. There are there's yeah. definitely some silver lining to all of this. I think, yeah. you know, as musicians, we run around so much that not until we were made to stop do we realize how much running around we do. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of recording here done... Uh, Overdubs for various projects here, uh, not the least of which is Dave Cos's new record. Ooh, and yeah. Dave a lot of that I did here. And then a lot of stuff with Jeff. Jeff and I are, Jeff is probably the most prolific producer I know. Jeff is very interesting because he, every single day, he is seated in his studio coming up with tracks Love and it. trying wow. every single day. And a lot of them involve guitar. He just produced, finished producing a record with a great songwriter by the name of Carol Dubach. And so I, I played on a lot of that and he just send it over and say, okay, call me when you're done, you know? And so, you know, to make sure he proves everything. And so a lot of that kind of stuff. So, you know, different projects for different folks. And then, like I said, start back working on, on my new, uh, my new project as well. So there've been things to do, which has been really good. Faith is so near and dear to you. How are you keeping yourself renewed and staying in and keeping that a part of your life as you move forward? I, you know, I have my devotion every day and, you know, and study the Bible every day. And uh, our church has gone virtual, but it's still great. You know, so we have we have worship service every Sunday. And actually, I was doing something that was kind of cool for a while is the pastor. One of the pastors was teaching Wednesday night Bible study. Mm-hmm. So you walk through the church and there are like seven people there and we're socially distanced. And it was cool because while he would he would preach the message and then he would read Psalms. And while he's reading Psalms, I'm just sitting there making up stuff on the guitar. Uh, so that, you know, the Bible says, if you acknowledge God in all of your ways and he'll direct your path, the Bible says it's the steps of a righteous man over by the Lord. So if you keep those things in mind, 
then you're never going to stray too far away. Plus, my I, I have this feeling, you know, I had one of those mother that knew mothers that knew how to throw shoes. <laughs> so I have this picture of supernaturally a shoe flying from heaven and hitting me in the back of the head. Yes. <laughs> You know, it kind of keeps you focused. A shoe in the back of the head will cause you to have an immediate paradigm shift. Mm. And uh, so, you know, those those are those are things that, that keep me focused, you know. It's beautiful. Amazing. Yeah. Beautiful. So yeah. what will Paul Jackson Jr.'s legacy be? Wow. Well, I hope it's twofold. The first one is I hope it's that he did what God called him to do. Mm. He did what the Lord called him to do. I think that's the first one. The second one, I don't know if there is a second one, because I think part of all this is that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. Purpose. Teaching at USC, you know, you realize at some point that uh, the stuff that you know, you don't want it to die with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I read this book by Miles Monroe, and he said that there are a lot of books and scripts and projects and degrees that are in the grave because people decided at some point that they were just going to shut it off. So true. And I realized that I've been fortunate to play the guitar in a lot of different situations. Like the lesson today for my student was there was a 20 second idol gives back bumper. Mm. And, you know, there were certain things on the music where it said, like, for instance, it had the tempo markings. It said it was heavy metal. It was just notes, no chords. And, it had the drum for what the drum was going to do. It was a master rhythm. So that's something that I've been fortunate to be able to, to experience. You know, a lot of people never have. And unfortunately, a lot of people never will. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Thing is, because I have it in my library, I can use it to teach. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the music that we did for the Oscars made its way back to USC as a lesson. Uh-huh. You know, that's incredible. So, because of the things that we get to do, you know, we're able to share them with folks. And like I was telling my students last night, a lot of the mistakes that you would have made elsewhere, you get to make here. This is a safe place. Mm-hmm. So the cool thing is when you get out there, certain dumb mistakes like playing out of tune or not knowing, you know, what 8VA means or, you know, what a cola soper looks like or, um, you know, you name it, all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Those mistakes you can make here as opposed to getting out there and, and having to make them, you know. Which is so, so great. Uh, that's, that's, I think that's a, a part of my legacy is what I'm doing now in terms of teaching is trying to disseminate some of the things that, that I've learned to uh, other folks. I love it. Mm. It's beautiful. That's incredible. Okay, let's lighten it up a bit. Let's yeah. play a game. <laughs> <laughs> we have a game for you. Okay. Okay. It's very similar to uh, Beach Shazam, which you've probably heard of. So we're I just going to play yeah. a snippet of... A few songs. We'll we'll ask you what category you want. So we have rock, we have R and B, and we have hip hop, old school hip hop. So if you pick one of those, we're gonna play a snippet and see if you can guess the song. Let's go with old school hip hop for fun. These are the, the Braves. Break it up, break it up, break it up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, that was too that easy. That was too that easy. Was okay, yeah. Easy. We need another one. Okay, let's see. We're going to throw this one at you. It's musical genius. Oh, gosh. That's a sample from Chicago. <gasps> Just doing being simple and free. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> so impressive. Amazing. That's awesome. Should we go for one more? Go for one more. Yeah, let's just, yeah. 
Oh, gosh, I don't know. Oh, he stumped him. Oh, gosh, it almost sounds like, I can't think of his name. He, he was in Jesus Christ Superstar. Um, <laughs> Carl, what was Carl's last name? I don't know. Al Jarreau. Oh, that's Al Jarreau. Yeah. Moonlighting. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> the theme to the, to the show Moonlighting. Yeah. Moonlighting. I thought that oh, was a hard one. Yeah. Eric, yeah, Eric he did. did. Yeah. He did. I think I played on that. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, uh, you didn't play so many things you can't even remember. The beginning. <laughs> I know. I was like, we should find a solo that he played and see if he recognizes himself. Nah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, we want to make sure that people can find you. Do you want to, what do you, are you on social media? What are your socials? What do you give us your I info? Am. I'm on Facebook, Paul Jackson Jr., Instagram at Paul Jackson Jr. I do not tweet that much. So Twitter, you know, is a crapshoot, but I'm on Instagram and Facebook a lot. Uh, website, you know, PaulJacksonJr.com, USC.edu, anywhere in Inglewood, you know. <laughs> South Central Inglewood. <laughs> well, the last thing we love to do with our guests before we let them go is for them to finish this sentence with three, three to five different words. So I am blank. Uh, I am blessed and highly favored. I am continually modeling his image. At least that's a goal. And I am never satisfied with where I am when I know where I could be. Mm -hmm. Wow. 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 Always That's growing great. and evolving. I love it. Those are some yes. good Yeah. Yeah. And then, so yeah the, the funny thing about music is you can't wear any of these jobs too tightly. Mm -hmm. uh, like I was telling somebody, it's like if you said, okay, well, who's Paul Jackson Jr.? I said, well, he's a guy that, you know, did sessions in the 80s and 90s, or, you know, he's the guy that makes the, the jazz records, or he's the guy that, you know, did TV show or he's the guy that played on the tonight show or he's the guy that plays in church on Sunday. Huh. And it depends on who you ask and when you ask them, mm -hmm. because that's always changing. So you don't wear any of the titles too tightly. The only thing that doesn't change is who God says about you. That's the only thing that doesn't change. So, you know, and so that's where your identity lies because in music, you know, you're doing this one day, you're doing that one day, you know, you're playing on a funk record one day, you're playing in the Hollywood Bowl Orchestra the next day, you're playing in the Disney Orchestra the next day, you're on a movie date the next day, you're doing your solo stuff the next day. Somebody like crazy like me is like, hey, Giovanna, can you play triple stops? You know, you have, you know. <laughs> and it's like you leave the studio. Idiota. It's like, I thought actually we were watching another interview and I did hear you say something, I think in Japanese, do you speak other, other, I mean, I know you speak some Spanish. Do you speak other languages? Nihongo Skoshi. Komenasai. I speak a little bit of Japanese. Uh, the most is Spanish because that's what I study the most and practice the most. Then there's Japanese and I know about three or four words in Korean. Oh. And I know German dog commands. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes. So outside of guitar playing, because we did, yeah. like I said, we did a little research and I loved, I did not know this about you. So tell us, outside of guitar playing, what does Paul Jackson Jr. fill his time with? Well, that would be old cars, 
to a lesser degree, motorcycles, much lesser degree, and also dog training. I love that you, the dog training, where did that come from? And, and do you Interesting do story. Yeah, please. Well, growing up, we always had German Shepherd dogs and uh, I lived in the valley. I said, you know, it's time for us to get a dog. So I went to the pet store and got a German Shepherd dog. No problem. Then a buddy of mine had a West German imported dog that he had living in a kennel because he couldn't keep it anymore. So he gave me the dog. So I'm looking at these two dogs and I'm like, okay, they don't look anything alike. What's the difference? And I started investigating, you know, backgrounds of dogs and breeding and things like that, which got me into training. And so I met a guy by the name of Tony Rollins who, uh, you know, we'd go out every weekend, every Saturday morning and go to a field and he, you know, we would work dogs and I learned how to work dogs and train dogs and things like that. And now I'm actually working with a guy, the trainer I have now is a guy from Germany. His name is Wolfgang. And uh, he's got a place in Gardena, German canine expert, nicest guy in the world, loves the Lord, has this big field. And uh, so I go out there and we train our dogs. And right now I have two dogs. I have uh, uh, two German Shepherd dogs. Deutsche Schäferhunds in German. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is named Judah and one is named Elsa. Nice. Elsa. Elsa. Ju- Judah, I Elsa. know, but Elsa, are you a Frozen fan? Disney fan? Uh, I wasn't. They named it. I got to send you a video of Elsa because Elsa is nothing nice. Me working Elsa. Uh, That's yeah. amazing. So do you work with other people's dogs or just yours? I used to work more with other people's dogs. The last time I went out on the field, I actually did take some bites from a Malinois. And in that, I put on a, I think I have a, a, um, a video of that too. I put on a, what's called a protection jacket, mm. which is heavily padded. And uh, you actually take bites from Ooh, the dog. Wow. You serious? Wow. Not playing. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Wow. That is intense. Yeah. yeah. You can get a little bruised, but you know, if you're careful, you don't get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they can say that for a lot of different things. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to keep this. Oh, well, well. We're gonna keep this uh, and then tell us about the cars. How did you get into cars? Interesting story. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I tell my students, it's like, okay, once you become a geezer, you have all these stories. So yeah. these are all geezer references. Um when we were kids, my dad bought a 1937 LaSalle, which was made by Cadillac. So it's this big car, suicide doors, four doors, flathead V8 Ooh. motor. And it ran, but he never fixed it up. So they were moving and he was getting rid of all of his cars. I said, well, give me that one. So he gave it to me and it took me four years to fix it up. And in uh, he was 64, 63. So it was 20, it's about 24 years ago. I had fixed it up, you know, dark blue paint, mohair interior, had the engine redone, big gangster white walls, whole nine yards, gave it back to him and used to drive it to work, which was interesting. <laughs> <Love it. laughs> what that did was that gave me an appreciation for old cars, the way they were built, how well they were built. One day I made a decision. I said, you know, I really want to get back into old cars. So right now I have a 1969 Oldsmobile 442. Mm-hmm. And a 1966 Chevrolet El Camino. Mm-hmm. And that's what I drive, you know. You know, just I like the way they're built. I like, you know, the mindset of old cars. You have real dashboards and no plastic and, yeah. you know, less electronics. And, you know, you can actually work on them yourself. And then also being on the, the Tonight Show, I got to hang out with Jay a lot. That's so being right. at the yeah. being at the garage and talking cars with him. In fact, we did a show. If you go to YouTube and pull up Jay Lano 442, 
it will be the show that he did on my car. Mm. One of my car. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. I had that's no I idea. So yeah. So, so you don't drive like a modern, the latest 2021, whatever, whatever. My wife made me buy one, but actually I'm selling it because I don't really drive that much. You know, most of, most of my driving is back and forth to school, you know, a session or whatever. And then like going to the airport, I just take Uber because I'm pretty close. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually going to, going to sell it, the newer one I have, you know, she's got a newer car, but, but you know, yeah. for the amount of driving I do, they're fine. And, you know, between the two of them, I get anywhere I need to go. Yeah, especially now with COVID. I, I've, yeah. I've never, <laughs> I had to tap my odometer to make sure it was working. Right? I've never put such little <laughs> miles on my car. <laughs> you know, master class in Riverside and I, I took the 442, you know, just said, hey. Nice. You know, the freeway and, and uh, you know, it passed everything on the street Open. but a gas station. But other than that, it was, it was great. You know, so I just, you know, just I love it. I love. I know we were watching. There's some great TV shows now with like stock car racing car. I mean, guys that are really into Kevin and our son have been watching these 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 fastest uh, car. I think it is. It's it's pretty oh, funny. Fastest car in the Dirty South. Yeah. Yeah. Now we should talk about those shows because there's another one. Um, street uh, Street Outlaws. You know, you look at the cars and they're all old cars and they look relatively beat up. You know, you could tell the guys invested money. There's an engine that a lot of them run called a Proline 481X. Uh-huh. In the turbocharged or super supercharged version, that is a $70,000 motor. Wow. 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 Are there wow. a lot of them made? I mean, who, who would... There's a company called Proline, and there's a company called, I think, Steve Morse Racing Engines. Not too many people make them. The 481 block was developed by a guy by the name of Alan Johnson, and it was developed for top alcohol, top alcohol dragster, and uh, and top fuel drag racing. And it's kind of a cross between a Hemi and a Chevrolet big block. Okay. It's all aluminum, and it's really expensive. And to get a finished one is around, you know, with either nitrous or supercharging or turbocharging is sixty-five, seventy thousand $70,000. Wow. Oh my a lot of these guys run that engine. They, they're dropping big, <laughs> But it's for racing, money. right? Yeah, it's yeah. like specifically for, for racing. Yeah, like, not the street motor, yeah. I wouldn't get that to drive my kids to soccer practice, right? Like, <laughs> I, I think you would. Well, <laughs> well I might. Well, <laughs> you know, and there are a few of them like Lindsay Musi. Well, Lin- Lizzie Musi, for instance, you know, she's one of the drivers on Street Outlaw. Well, her dad, Pat Musi, is a famous engine builder and former pro stock uh, drag racer. Mm-hmm. So he's got an engine building company. So the engine she runs, I think, is um, a 950 cubic inch Chevy big block with nitrous. You know, that's a, that's a $50,000 motor. That just sounds I fast. mean, we're going from cars <laughs> to planes. Those things put some wings on them things. And just <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, so I watched it a lot. Now, the, the reason that that's so popular is because if you watch like the NHRA, you watch drag racing or, you know, or, or any type of, you know, legit discipline, mm-hmm. You can't run in those professional categories without a lot of sponsorship. And so what happened was guys were like, well, we don't want to, you know, we can't afford sponsorship. So there were organizations like the National Muscle Car Association who would run races for guys who just built their own cars, which is what people used to do years ago. They, you know, you, you run what you brung. Yeah. (laughs) And and so that has transpired into this and it's actually more popular than uh, quote unquote NHRA and things like that, because you see a wide diversity of cars, you see old ones, you see new ones, you see different engine combinations, you see all kinds of crazy stuff. And, you know, guys are just running what, you know, what, what they thought of to bring. Yeah. So uh, it's, you know, so I, I watch the same thing. I sit and watch the same Kept thing. Kept my attention. <laughs> I, we were going to watch one show and we went through about 10, 15 of those. Things. Yeah. We're, we're sitting in our, then we did dad. My son said, dad, get, I want to drive. Get me a car right now. <laughs> He's only 12. He's ready. You know. But, but yeah, we're I'll driving. I'll tell you, when he, when he gets his license, we'll, we'll go out to a, uh, 
Let's see. Can we go to a parking lot? Is there any big? Oh, go to the forum parking lot. Ooh. Wait, why do we have to wait until yeah. he gets his license? Uh, <laughs> Mama likes to drive too. <laughs> because, because the Oldsmobile has 775 horsepower. Ooh. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that car is zero to 60. And if I can get it to hook up, it's zero to 60 in probably under three and a half seconds. Wow. Wow. Keep those wheels stuck yeah. to the ground. Wow. Yes. I know. Wow. We, That's amazing. You can try the El Camino. The El Camino's not like that. So we'll, we'll try the, we'll oh, try my El Camino. Buddy used to have <laughs> Yep. All have day. you ever yeah. gone out to any of the racing places that, because I know that in Lancaster they teach just, I think, trick right. Mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a place, actually, Willow Springs. There's a track in Willow Springs, which is out by Lancaster. Haven't been to Willow Springs yet. Uh, I would go out to Pomona a lot been to the auto club raceway but i haven't taken lessons that's one of the things when covid hits leaves that i'm going to do is i'm going to take some kind of drag some kind of racing discipline just for fun oh we'll join uh, you yeah i know classes all kinds of you know i mean like even drag racing you know you don't have to get a pro stock license you can get a super comp license or a super gas where the cars are you know a lot slower but it's still as much fun sure you know and and can just, i drag race my prius uh, probably there are guys to do that. <laughs> I love Change it. it. <laughs> there are tons of classes for front wheel drive cars. Guys have, guys have figured out how to make those things unbelievably fast. Wow. Amazing. It's, so I fun. just, I love it. I just, I had no idea about this stuff about you, you know, and it's so great to just have a t- moment to sit down and get to know you a little bit better. So I'm so appreciative of you. It's been giving so Giving us your time. Yes. I'm hey, so excited. Dad. Yeah. Yeah. I used to, used to work with her dad before I worked with her. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden I see this, this, this young girl coming in, just like killing the cello. It's like, you know, you know, it's, que es eso? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Claro que sí. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I know. I hope we get to be in a room together again soon. Yes, indeed. Play Your some music. Yeah. Yes. I think, I think, you know, not to get, you know, philosophical, but I think with the vaccine starting to come on, I think the thing's going to start, there's going to hit a point where it starts to really do that. Yeah. If they, you know, they need to vaccinate teachers, they need to do, obviously, you know, really get everybody, really work hard, especially in the inner cities to get, you know, the convalescent homes, the rest homes, you know, senior citizens, you know, if they're really strategic, I think they can, you know, I mean, one of the reasons it keeps spreading is disobedience. But I think as the vaccines start to be, you know, spread, you know, starts to be uh, administered a little bit more efficiently, I think we're going to see, you know, things get better. Yes. Yeah, I think we so, too. So. Yeah. Yeah, we really hope so. Well, how are you feeling? I'm thinking we're going to end and I have more questions. How are you feeling about the climate of things in terms of everything that we're seeing nationally and obviously with the Black Lives Matter movement and George Floyd and now the, the pandemic sort of we, we got hit with an avalanche of so many just social issues that now that we're sort of starting to see, you know, come come, you know, see the light a little bit and come out of all of that um, just because you mentioned inner city schools that's one of the passions that kevin and i really sort of hold deep that we want to figure out how to i'm I'm hoping the legislation will be changed to really you know implement more funding for these uh, an opportunity for these these um neighborhoods and these in these communities that are really suffering simply because of the systemic pressures and uh so how how are you how are you seeing that from your end being i mean you're an la native really so Well, it's interesting you'd say that. I think that the whole COVID thing and some of the things that have happened 
I think the COVID thing is kind of a wake up call mm. to how much we actually need each other and how much we take for granted. Absolutely. Uh, in terms of the, you know, the whole uh, systemic racism thing, basically you're talking about a powder keg that never really gets to fully explode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is, you know, I'm dealing with issues now that my dad dealt with, Yeah. Yep. Yep. you know, when he started working. And when you think about that, wow, have we made project, progress? Yeah, we made progress. But the problem is, is that a lot of people didn't didn't get the memo. And then also <laughs> people usually look for people to blame. Mm. Like I could do an hour on why pe- most people are wrong about immigration. Yeah. Mm. You know, having grown up in South Central, I could do an hour on why people don't under, don't have a clue, you know. Um, so and then the other thing, too, is because of you know, folks spreading out and stuff, certain people are feeling like that they are losing their country. Mm-hmm. And so that makes, you know, whenever you make people uncomfortable, you know, uh, you either fight or you change. And some people have changed, but a lot of people, unfortunately, want to fight. Mm-hmm. In terms of helping the inner city, I think it's going to have to be a concerted effort with uh, the local churches. I have two buddies, two pastor buddies. One adopted an elementary school across the street from his church. Now on a good day, his church has about 80 people. So this is not mm-hmm. size. Right. Mm-hmm. He has a food giveaway two Wednesdays a month. He has two computer labs mm-hmm. and he adopted an elementary school across the street from his church where he, he buys them backpacks. I love it. That's one guy. Got another buddy who's a pastor. On a good day, his church is 50 people. His wife teaches at an elementary school. He put money together and the school wanted to buy Kindles so the kids could go online. So they bought like 40 Kindles for the school. So to me, the way that this problem is going, the local problem should be handled locally. And I think we have all the resources locally to fix it. And if you don't, then just partner with the church that's two doors down. Yeah. You know, because, you know, the South Central is replete with churches and liquor stores. So yeah, if your church doesn't have the resources, just go three doors down and knock on this. Hey, I want you to help me do something. So I think that's how it's going to get solved. I think that's how it should get solved. It's just everybody doing their part. Yeah. Yeah, Jumping in. Yeah. yeah exactly. I love Big it. or Look, small. Yeah. Looking mm-hmm. out for yeah. your neighbor. Looking it. out for the one. No difícil es muy fácil. Yep. We got to keep that in mind. Oh, well, this has been so wonderful. Amazing. Thank it's you so, so nice much. to meet you, Paul. Yes. PJ, stop the Willie. Oh, yeah. can I, oh, can I ask <laughs> PJ, PJ Wiggles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can yeah. Oh, yeah. ask me anything you want. You know, out of the music that if you created your albums, if we could just ride out when we finish, you know, we'd love to just go out on, on, on Paul Jackson Jr. Is there a song that that just comes to mind that we could just put on as we, we ride out into the sunset in our, in our <laughs> El Camino? Well, you know what would be cool is there's a song, the song that I recorded of George is called That's What She Said. Uh-huh. And it's an atypical Paul Jackson Jr. tune. It features uh, Patrice Russians playing on it, Byron Miller, and Ndugu Chancellor, who played on the original. Ooh. And it was either the last, no, it was one of the last recordings that Ndugu Chancellor did mm-hmm. before he passed away. So uh, that song has a really special place in in my heart. Plus, you know, it's George's tune. Mm-hmm. So if you want to write out on on uh, That's What She Said, that'd be fun. Woo. That's what there we'll it do. I love it. I love yeah. it. Oh, and Dugu. <laughs> Thank you. Un fuerte abrazo. mucho. No, I would say, te quieren mucho. Los quiero. 
Los quiero mucho. Los quiero mucho. There we go. Ah, nosotros te queremos mucho. Igualmente. Ah. Igualmente. Oh, hey. So good to see you. Do you do?
for listening. Interested in starting your own podcast? Visit us at IamMusicGroup.com. Music